Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome the very fantastic and hilarious <laughs> Mano Agapian. Hi, yes, what's up? Oh man, I'm so glad you can see my wigs. I love it. Um, I, I love it. First thing I was clocking, <laughs> I saw the Greek flag and I saw the wigs. And I said, yep. Katinapio. I didn't see any of that because I just saw your tank top. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, you are very cute and I like your shoulders. Oh, thank so you. I just was distracted. Sorry. Hey, what about it- me, Sophia? Yeah. Miles, I see <laughs> how beautiful you are every day when we nah, record. The, Mono got the nice, Big. got the fucking uh, tank top with the chest hair out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I have about three chest hairs, so I, I, I keep them to myself. I mean, dressing <laughs> dressing like a slut is one of the few joys of this quarantine. Just <laughs> You also got tight panties on, don't you? Because I saw when you got up. Sorry, oh. I'm really lonely. Oh, my God. Those are short shorts. How do I? Who, where do I file a complaint? This I is, know. This is a Zoom call lurker over here. <laughs> no, yeah. I dress, I lit, I dress so scantily. <laughs> I, I love every second of it. I like short shorts, tiny tanks. Um, yeah. And I can't tell if it's because I'm Euro trash or gay. Uh, I think it's <laughs> isn't that probably the same both. thing? <laughs> yeah. The, is yeah. so for you in quarantine because uh, I've I've and I bring this up a few times on the show. Clothing to me is just merely a way to not be naked on a Zoom yes, call. Like truth. I've lost the thing where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking wear that with this. Oh shit. Yeah. And just wait. I'm like, nah, dude. I can't have. I have to have pants on. So I'll wear this pair of sweat shorts or basketball shorts. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the same for you, or you still have a little bit of magic when you select your outfits. It depends with who. I have to. There have been some Zoom calls where I pretended to look like an adult. I have to admit. Oh wow! So what? It, so what? What kind of? Um, you know, what kind of uh, fashions are we talking about when you have um, to elevate the game for a Zoom call? The great a thing blazer? about blazer, like a, how? <laughs> like what no, are we like talking? a like a polo or a button up. Oh shit! <laughs> Do you know what I? I I have not worn a button-up, unironically, since before the quarantine. I don't know mm-hmm. why buttons ha- on a shirt have become my arch nemesis. I'm like, yeah. get away from me, Satan. Not today. They're not I'll today. I wear no. a nasty t-shirt. I hear you. I hear you. And I had a couple shirts that actually look like... Sh- you ever... I have some shirts that look good on top, but look like shit in, like, towards the bottom. And yeah. I was... Oh, okay. And I was able to use those, which made me so happy. Because, like... I, it, like, you know, waste up... up. Yeah, yeah it fits up top, but it does mm-hmm. not fit on the bottom. Um, <laughs> so that that made me really happy to get to use those that have just been sitting in my closet, pretending like my body will one day change. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm loving it. Up. I'm loving everything from the chest up. What kind of porn are you looking for? You just glaze oh my over that God. shit. Um, What's the vibe right now? You know, I'm um, glad you asked that because I already naughty sleepover. Naughty sleepover. Naughty sleepover. I love when two friends are like, we're friends. <laughs> and, then, and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Which is <laughs> so wholesome. That's the most adorable porn preference I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always, I think it's because I didn't, I was uh, a chunky 
Um, uh, I'll just say I was chunky and I was not hitting my, I didn't hit my sexual prime till like 22 or 23. Um, or I guess do mm-hmm. even anything remotely sexual till 22 or 23. And so I think there's always a part of my life that's right. like, wait, people in like high school, like got to like do stuff. That's so, that blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, Making up for lost time. Making up for lost time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Naughty sleepover is always cute to me. I like that. So the so the format of the scene is always the same. It's a sleepover. It's starting off friendly, like not not going there, and then do a then little body like a exploration, game, like spin the bottle kind of thing. How do, how do we? What how if do we they practice guess? kissing? Right, that's how it starts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and gay gay porn has a really interesting slant. Like, there's an there's also there's a lot of um, homophobia in gay porn, which is both problematic but also exciting. You know, because mm. there, there's that little twinge of like, this isn't gay, right? Or like, we can't force our gayness, but we can't oh, help, right, right. But act on it, and it's 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 a really yeah, yeah. weird thing that uh, a lot of gay porn in, involves itself in. Well, I think that's like sort of the interesting thing of that porn reveals about the psyche, because on some level, the people making it are kind of aware of these taboos or dynamics, you know, within our culture to like sort of exploit to make them. That's why I'm like right now, I'm like, why the fuck is there so much like stepsister, stepbrother shit on the straight oh my side of the God. fence? I'm like, what? How many oh, of y'all were in these blended the, families even... and you just wanted to fuck your older stepsister? It's like, well, it's like oh, remember the how uh, the they same. did a whole thing about where all the different pockets of the country, which porn is popular, like which porn searches are. And it's like in the most racist places, uh, most popular porn is like, oh, black on white. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in these other places, mm-hmm. it's like step sister, step brother. And it's like regionally, I would love to know what's happening. I mean, Pornhub has all that information. If if you want to know what the next Cambridge Analytica is, is Pornhub because they got everybody I, fucking. Figured I just want to know why. I guess. Oh, okay. or the ones I, that I, aren't as ex- easily explained as, oh, it's a racist place, and so they like to Google things that they think are taboo. Right, or be like cucked over porn or something like that. I think yeah. a lot of the daddy issues. Uh, I think of of both straight and gay porn have to do with like because I think we're like the kids. Kids reaching adolescence now are like children who grew up in this like post two thousand eight recession or something, and I think they're so un mm-hmm. they're so used to having like no stability in their economic life that the thought of someone stable who can actually pay your bills is like somehow been sexualized. Oh, shit. oh my god! No. No. You're spitting hot fire right fucking now. Fucking from Holy ten thousand feet, bro. <laughs> Dropping the fucking Moab on us. Okay. I thought about Ooh, it long and yeah. hard. I was like, what's happening no, yeah. with daddies right now? And I think that's it. And you it's hear a lot because America too, like, needs a dad. That's why. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. And wow. and our dad right now is just as bad with money, too. And no, it's like, he's a stepdad. He's a stepdad, yeah. and we're waiting for our stepdad dad to you come don't want to fuck. Okay. Oh, a drunk stepdad <laughs> who crashed his car into the tree and he's like, it's fine. Yeah. What are you talking about? That tree? Who put that there? Who put the tree there? God damn it. <laughs> what is a myth? What is something people think is true, you know to be false, or just flip that on over, vice versa? Uh? Um, I actually got an argument with a friend, cause a, a white friend, because they thought that most of the Indians in the U.S. are Republican, because so many of the famous ones are. 
like mm. Bobby Jindal. It's like all the like all the famous political Indians are like evil. Right. <laughs> but like most of the voting base is Democrat is like we're all Democrats. And right. so like everybody I've interacted with across the country, I've met like one Indian Republican and that's it. And so I don't know. But yeah, yeah I think it was like over 70 percent for Hillary or something like that. But I think you yeah. see, too, because the rep- conservatives love to embrace a token yeah. minority at any moment. So, yeah, it's yeah. true. Like, though, in your mind, it's like, well, politically, I'm thinking of these people. But yeah, yeah, uh, it for the most part, I think most people come to the United States with it like a decent like at least a different perspective on how the world works when they arrive here versus, you know, Americans who are just, you know, we're in this one yeah. culture that they can typically be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what this is going on here. I prefer this, this side over here. Cause I think I know yeah. where this one goes or vice versa. But anyway, it's good. Yeah. To know. And I think also like our, like, we're not like encouraged to like be politicians. So like the people that are, are kind of like outliers, I think. Um, and also like we are like, we're just, I think like Indians in the U S are just realizing that we do have like political power after like gaining financial stability here. Cause it's that immigrant right. mentality of like be a doctor, be an engineer, get yeah. your shit together. Um, and then now like my, in Utah, uh, all of these like Indian people like donated to the democratic party to like oust this person who was like, uh, who was like a Republican in that seat. And they, I think they were able to do it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dad, <laughs> go, go off. off. Go off, King. <laughs> yeah. I think what's so cool. I think another thing that's interesting and I, I've, wasn't I don't know, wasn't sure how to bring it up. Not like it that it's uncomfortable, but it was something I was thinking about uh, while I was, you know, looking for DVDs to bring in to be a substitute teacher. Um, sure, a friend sure. of mine works in government in Colorado, and you know he's been looking a lot at like what's been going on in the country. Right, I think we're really there is a moment here where a lot of people are coming in touch with their power on some level, whether that's being like I'll be more. I'll stand up more vocally for the things I believe in, or I'll confront injustice more head on than I used to. I won't retreat in the face of these things. Um, But one thing that he was mentioning is like, there really is a problem with our generation, even looking at working in government as a possibility, right? Not to say that it's a good or bad thing, but he works with a lot of these like people who are of the same mindset that, you know, the, the elected officials, that's not going to be a problem. Those voices will naturally come out there. I think most people would, you know, they look at that as being the cool thing of being like front and like being an elected official and having like this pulpit to preach from. Sure. But there's also like this thing of like the bureaucracy of it all too, because at, at a local level, these people are also doing, having the kinds of ideas of like, well, what do we do with this budget surplus? And if there aren't as many people who are in the same like social justice mindset and things like that, those ideas can fail to materialize in an effective way because of all the, you know, all the the hands that are on it on its way to becoming a reality. So it's just something interesting because they're saying like, especially with Gen Z, more than millennials even are completely like they don't even give like the idea of working in government at all in any capacity is like a total like non-starter. Mm. Yeah. So. Something to so think that's, about. That could actually like work against us is what you're saying. Yeah. Or, you know, like the kinds of because at the end of the day, like, sure, the policies will be there. But then who are the people really putting them to work and are they doing it faithfully? And are there enough people who understand what the intent is of these laws or whatever to work it out? 
But, yeah. you know, I just didn't. And, and Gen Z's like, fuck the system, burn and it all down. I think down. everyone is to a Which certain is point. Which is fair. Like, yeah, like yeah. rightfully so. Because you're like, yeah. what the fuck I'm going to do? Or you look at it like, oh, I work for the government. Like, that's literally how I feel like I would think about it in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. work for the go, okay. I, but that's, put on my tie and fucking not smoke weed. Uh, okay. That's 100%. Like, that's 100% when I was a kid. For some, I don't know if my parents ever explicitly said it. Like, they definitely wanted me to be an engineer. Um, but they, like, they, I don't think they ever explicitly said it. But somehow I knew. I was like, if I go to the military, if I go into some government positions, I'm going to be responsible for killing people. <laughs> mm. And, like, I need to stay the fuck away from that. Yeah. Like, I just knew as a kid. I was like, I'm not going anywhere near that. Yeah. Like, that is not for me. And, yeah. like, I, I, there are plenty of people who... Um, yeah, like you said, who would like actually like change the system from within that are being sh- like that just never it's never an option for them. Yeah, which it's protective. But no. Yeah. yeah. And I have like friends who, you know, like work specifically on things like healthcare, like for a county or something or a state. Yeah. And they know like what healthcare would mean to the people of like of their county or state. But then they have other people who are still looking at the whole concept of it completely wrong. And then you end up being like an isolated voice in a sea of like this monolithic thinking. Um, so, yeah, not to say that like we have a duty to do it, but it is interesting to think about is like as much as we want all these changes too, like there there really needs to be a way that we are at the levers at, at as many points of contact as possible, because I think that's the, yeah. the only way to optimize a lot of the change. But, uh, but I don't think it's, right. you know, it, that's one way of looking at it because I think at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do and engage with a system of government that they want to or don't. But it's, I, I thought it was an interesting idea. It's to like, about. it's like really sh- short term versus yeah. long term. Yeah. Like short term. Like we have to, we have to have people in there now to like stop the damage of people dying now Long term, we have to like totally revamp the system. Right. Right. Because it's like if you're signing up for a life in like uh, any sort of government employee and you want to do good, you're just signing up for a life of extreme frustration at every single turn. Right. And like, yeah, we're, how are you able to balance that? And at and, and what point does it become worth it versus not? Because it's like, are you, so it's one way to look at it is are you working for the government or are you trying to? change something internally and i think it's a dangerous game to even think you can because god help me Mm -hmm. i tried getting up in the system like we could do something i'm like nope but i think i just think just very practically right like sure a law is put in place but then those regulations have to be written and then someone's going to have to build a website and communicate that to constituents and if those like the people who are in those positions like aren't up to scruff then like people are going to be like, yeah, what the fuck was that program? That didn't work or this or that or the other. So just a, just a thinking, just something I, I think about in my, in my bed at night. After drinking a full gallon of hose water. Yeah. Full <laughs> gallon, as <laughs> I'm having, yeah. yeah, like a weird fever dream from like Giardia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, are there enough bureaucrats? Are, are there enough of us being bureaucrats? Fuck. Keep this government going or what? I'm like, how do we burn it? Do we burn it down or do we like smolder it down from the inside? Is the call All coming up from on hose in the water. house? All fucked up on hose. So pardon me, guys. Blame the LEDWPs. Uh, do not also do not look at those water reports. Okay. Oh God. I don't want to know how much cryptosporidium I've ingested. All right, <laughs> uh, we're gonna come back real quick, but before we do that, let's take a quick break.
And we're back. What is something you think is underrated, Teresa? Um, I think Vaclav Havel is underrated. Um, I've been screaming about him for a while, but I think that we don't study enough about success stories of, you know, human rights and democracy in um, foreign countries. And I think for a reason, you know, patriotism and propaganda. But I've, I mean, most people kind of know about him through his um, peace efforts, but I first learned about him through uh, studying screenwriting at NYU because we read one of his plays. So he was a playwright in uh, the Czech Republic. Well, he actually created the Czech Republic, but he was there during the communist USSR time, time and he used his plays to sort of, you know, kind of like the way comedians do, just push um, his ideas out. But it got so popular that he became a dissident and his plays were banned. And then he started um, distributing his, like they're like one-act plays, a lot of them. So they're short. He distributed them via like the just people and people would put them on in their living rooms to spread the ideas. And these weren't ideas like propaganda. It was just like free thought. Like he really pushed the idea of like critical thinking and free thought against the communist regime. And he um, ended up leading a peaceful protest. Well, you know, people still got hurt. But overall, it's like a success story because it was the most gentle revolution. I think it was like 89 in um, Czechoslovakia, where one day they did a general strike with 75% of the uh, country doing the general strike. And it worked because, you know, everybody thinks with money. So the communists let them have fair elections. He established the Czech Republic, became the president, and then went on to continue fighting for human rights and democracy and won a peace prize. And it all started because he was a playwright. Yeah, so, and we just don't, I feel like we think of... um, a lot of those Eastern European countries as like socialists in America where we're almost pushed against them, but he literally defeated communism. Um, but yeah, to American standards, I would say they probably fall on the socialist spectrum. Yeah. So I think that's why we don't study that in our schools. That's fascinating. I didn't that is know. first of all, best <laughs> underrated in such a long time. Yeah. Uh, not to, <laughs> not to Usually shit talk anybody like, else chips. is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's um that's amazing, and that's such so interesting. Like you mentioned, comedians in the United States. I feel like the thing that most comedians do with their success is just become Republicans, like start uh, trying to like protect their wealth, um, and that yeah, that's so. Yeah, it's that's almost I, impossible I to like imagine. To it, yeah, yeah, totally. We all aspire to become no, Republicans. Right, right. It's like Teresa and I are actually like running together. So. Has there been an example of a an artist in the United States who's like done something that politically relevant and successful? Because isn't there another like <laughs> current Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the closest side. we get. Oh no. <laughs> We have the dystopian version where, yeah, yeah, we got the dystopian version. Well, I think the difference for him was he he didn't um, combine the forms. Like, he was still a playwright, and in his plays, they weren't... I mean, I guess depending on what side you're on, the communists could say it's propaganda, but they just felt like, you know, had intrinsic artistic value as plays that explored all points of views. And you could, you know, you could watch it and decide your own you could decide you like communism after watching it like his goal wasn't to uh change your point of view his goal was for freedom of expression so then mm-hmm. when he became a politician 
he was doing that job. So I like that he wasn't like, and now I'll just use this to sell my plays. But if right. people are curious, I did buy his, because um, we read a, a one at called Protest in school that I really liked. So I ended up buying the full collection and I have that. It's only 15 pages. I have it scanned. So if anyone wants to DM me, I'll email you the PDF. I don't want to post it because it is still like, you know, copyrights, but this is educational. So I'll send it to you if you email me. Um, me. But yeah, it kind of um, speaks to the whole, uh, like at the beginning of these recent protests where people were arguing within the left about what to do to be right. Um, Like, you know, when people posted the black squares and then they started yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. So his that play sort of speaks to it's like two people talking, but they're both anti-communist, but they kind of get into this nuance of like, well, I'm doing this because I have wealth and I can't totally show my cards, but don't worry, I'm on the right side. Like there's a lot of that sort of. Thing. Oh, my it's God. Interesting. That Very sounds the relevant. Um, and it's funny. He's, he's <laughs> a funny guy. <laughs> uh Zelensky is uh, the guy I was thinking of in the modern sense. It was like a an actual like Ukraine comedian who uh, be- oh. became like the head of state, uh, who we oh, all now right. know about because he of the played Ukrainian. a president, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't. I don't think he's like super progressive necessarily. Um, like it's not like he was their finest artists who people were going to study in universities anyways and became their leader uh but still like there i don't know there's something about american culture that um up to this point in our history has not allowed like that crossover from like progressive thoughtful artistically valid artists over to the political sphere it's just been Mm. uh arnold schwarzenegger and ronald reagan and charlton heston Uh, (laughs) i think it might be because we put so much emphasis on monetary success in art to become successful you have to make a lot of money and like that usually dilutes the art not always okay i'm i know it's not always true but often it dilutes the artistic value so by the time you get to that point you do dilute the message a bit. Whereas, and mm. I'm not a communist, I'm an American. Whatever you guys want to say is fine, but I like money too. Um, but I also feel like when you get to that level, if your only goal is money, then it's going to be less about spreading ideas and more about just keeping your wealth and your business because at that point, people depend on you. So it's not like selfish to keep the business going if you're paying people's rent. You sound like a I communist, think- but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Upton Sinclair. Cynthia Nixon would be like a recent example of someone who is like attempted to do that. But I guess, yeah, there's far less left leaning examples that are successful. Right. And Upton Sinclair tried it in the early 20th century. Actors aren't writers. Stupid. Yeah. Well, they're not. Their whole goal is to take on any other character but themselves. And then we like (laughs) erase writers. So I feel like in Europe, or at least back in the, you know, philosophical enlightenment days it was a lot more reading and focus on ideas and now it's all about appearances so yeah i mean cynthia nixon i i don't know her policies enough i remember when she was running but she's famous from an acting role so it's we don't know you know how she really feels as a person until she comes out and says it right yeah that is interesting though that 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 is what our politicians are is essentially actors um it's deep man just fucking nailed him, bro. 
Uh, <laughs> That's why uh, I'm unsuccessful in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Hilarious. Um, guys, <laughs> my search history lately has been how to move to Canada, how to move to Netherlands, how to move to Germany. Um, and has there ever been a black writer on The Simpsons? Those are the things <laughs> that I recently searched for. There hasn't been a black writer on The Simpsons. Has there it? has, actually. I what? don't think there's ever been a black woman. Michael Carrington is a black writer on The Simpsons. And I'm oh, pretty sure Mark wow. Wilmore is also, I don't know if he's currently, but I'm pretty sure he did write on The Simpsons. And but anybody in know, those first eight seasons? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I highly hmm. doubt it. I highly, I highly doubt right. it. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. And, you and so you're also looking at some some cool getaway options. Some cool getaways, <laughs> um, some refugee situations, um, because Americans have been blocked from going to other countries. You're not but going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Um, but yeah. I just want to be prepared because to me, like, I'm not looking at it just because of what's happening right now. Because I've been black this entire time, and it's been dangerous <laughs> the whole time. Mm. So I'm just like, I do, I just think long term. Do I want to be in, and and I'm thinking like this because of the response that America has had to a lot of these crises. Mm -hmm. um, and I it just feels like overall America doesn't seem to have the political will, at least not yet. And I'm like, I don't know how bad it needs to get um, for there to be like, you know, every fucking mayor in America, <laughs> every fucking governor in America, like, no, you know, standing up and being like, this stuff needs to be passed right now. So, so it's that kind of mindset, that long-term mindset that's getting me to, yeah. to Google these well, things. Yeah, until the class of people changes that are right. in politics, right. it's never going to change exactly because yeah. we have people who are operating in a completely different realm of existence and their yes. antennae are, tr are tuned to a completely different frequency than the human beings that are their constituents. So they're so oblivious to everything and nothing is pressing. It's they're only so like... They're so oblivious, even in the midst of crisis, even mm -hmm. in the midst of everyone in the country becoming enlightened to what's really going on. And they're oblivious to their own bias and they're yeah. oblivious to their own ability to like they're still very much tied to these these um, the politics of six months ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm just like like the way that the Los Angeles in particular has put up such a fight to defunding police to doing anything. It doesn't show any real moral reconciliation. It doesn't show any real like apology, like, holy shit, we're sorry. Holy shit, we're racist. And so are our policies. And right. here's what we're going to do to change it. It is an emergency. <laughs> and it's like, and also everyone here is poor. Um, and, and, you know, and there's too much income inequality and we need to fix it right now. What can we do? So yeah. I just, I just feel like, Girl, I'm tired. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Let me go. Mm. Yeah, Let me go somewhere that is not trying me mentally constantly. Did you find out? Is there like, what's the easiest place to move to? That's none not of them. America? Yeah, none so of them. At this point, you're gonna have an easier time getting into Holland, Texas, yes. than the. None of them are easy. <laughs> I, I, none of them are easy. My my husband has some family in Canada, which is why it's e that's the first option. Ooh. But otherwise, it's like, you know, none of them are easy. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have any skills. <laughs> I'm like a television writer in Hollywood. Like a lot of these for right. high for high skilled workers, you know, you can if you get a job there, you have to get a job. And also it's just it, this is like a very I'm very privileged. Like I don't have t 
ties here. I don't have children. I don't have things that can make me that can make it even harder to move. Mm-hmm, um, right. But it's hard to move anyway. It's so I'm and yeah. I just started looking into it. Especially yeah. when you look at that COVID map of North right. America Ooh. and you look at the like that border wall up north. Yes. They're like, bro, you must be out your mind. Yes. We let a <laughs> yes. single one of you assholes in here right now. And I totally no. get it. I totally yeah. get it. You know, I'm an immigrant to America. <laughs> so I right. I get it, but those were the days, huh? No yeah, problem. People wanted to get in here instead of uh the fuck out. Uh, yeah. The Mexican border, also, yeah, they yes, they have said no to us as well. I mean, no. they, not officially like, though, right? Have they done uh, it no, officially? But there, yeah, but, but there's the, definitely stories talk. like yeah, yeah. Border border towns are like yeah, on alert. please, yeah, they're on alert, <laughs> and as they should be, you know, yeah. as they should be. America has has a completely incompetent response to this crisis, and I, if anything, I'm just like, you know. I don't know, man. Like when when Trump won in 2016, it wasn't to me like a Trump thing. It was just like an America thing. Like I didn't look Mm -hmm. at like I still that's why I I would still leave, you know, even if Joe Biden wins, you know, this is an American problem (laughs) like this. This is not Trump individually. And the response to this crisis has shown how incompetent our systems are. You know, yeah. structurally, foundationally, how racist they are and how hard. Like I, an executive the other day, I was pitching a show about a, a black family. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was talking about was like how they're going to how they experience racism. And he's like, but is that going to be relevant? You know, <laughs> like, because the world has changed. And the thing is, like this person very innocently said it because they they don't realize Right. They don't realize really and and it is like that to me is so quintessential of the American problem. Yeah. Well, like, we had that we had yeah. that march. So, isn't it Yeah, over we now? had the march. We, yeah. People saw or, the video. Right. So, we painted Black Lives Matter on some streets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like, done by a company over. that cuts trailers for movies. Right. Right. <laughs> it was. That one yeah. on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, and I then didn't they they that. cut a deal with the city where they were like and you can you can power wash that shit off in 24 hours. Oh, nice. And it's like, oh, okay, really? so this, this was just a, a it's, branding exercise. It's just a gesture. Yeah, it's a yeah, gesture. Yeah, it's empty bullshit. And I'm it's sure empty. the people on that company are like, you know, we didn't we didn't publicize it, but you know, we we yeah. paid for that to be we paid for that there. So yeah. there's an article in the Atlantic that people should check out called The Three Weeks That Changed Everything that is by a amateur pilot and it compares it tries to do like I guess every time there's a plane crash, the uh National Transportation Safety Board does like a deep investigation and so it tries to do that same sort of investigation into what went wrong with coronavirus and the American response. And it's it's pretty enlightening. It mm does uh suggest that it really is basically we had all the systems in place we just uh, had the wrong uh administration in yeah uh, no in way Ooh, i'll read that yeah it's worth it's worth checking out uh what is a myth what's something people think is true you know to be false or vice versa oh god everything's so serious you guys are like she's so funny and like she takes everything seriously um <laughs> Dude, billionaire fragility is so real. So the myth for uh, me is like billion that billionaires earn their money. They did not earn all their money. They exploited other people's labor, intellectual, physical. They have vast schemes of not paying taxes, which allows them to accrue that amount of money. Their investments then double down on that. Uh, they didn't earn their billions. Maybe a few million, yeah. But like- 
getting into the billion Bezos trillionaire territory. Stop with the they they earned it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because one day so I'm gonna smart, man. really yeah. figure out this newfangled. I don't know. <laughs> like whatever project you've got, you're working on, it's not going to succeed. Okay, nobody wants to fund that. Yeah. Oh, the billions, though. You know, it would be so sweet. That's why I want to go easy on them because one day <laughs> I could be one. Right. Know? And oh, I don't want people to go hard. Don't go hard on me because I could be a billionaire too. So yeah, you know, yeah. that's why. That's why I I praise my corporate overlords. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bezos. That worked for a shockingly long amount of time. Like, I, and I do think that history books will look back and be like, wow, people were just cool with like these five people having all Everything. their money. Right. Like, yeah. And just robbing from them. But yeah, you know. Uh, and it's funny because it happened before. Like, I love looking at these old photos of like the robber barons with yeah. their giant mustaches. And like, yeah. like if billionaires just had to dress like, like curly mustache, top hat, we'd all be like, hey, that guy's fucking has way too much money. I'm covered right, in right. soot. Like if we had to all be covered in soot and then every every yeah. millionaire had to wear a top hat, it would be a lot clearer. The top yeah. It's it's they're disguising it with athleisure. Jeff Bezos always <laughs> looks like he's like coming back from a hike, and so we're like, well, okay. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Exactly. At least he's staying cool tech vest. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the people. We yeah. just need to get we just need to normalize uh looking at billionaires as criminal activity. That's yeah. really the difference because Absolutely. right now we look upon a billionaire and go, damn, look at that. That would be tight. I would Unless love they to spend have, half would... their time giving their money away, like just actively giving Dude, it away. Dude, more than that. You, if yeah. you have, if All you have billions of giving. dollars, yeah. you're good with 10%. Give yeah. 90% away. Uh, yeah. But I think we also like the discourse is be like, these people are stealing from everyone um and they're and like you know remember when the fucking panama papers come out we're like okay so rich people have like sucked the fucking earth dry and then they hide their cash like in other places so no one can ever touch it because they're like fuck you mine you can just die for due to lack of resources and but it's still like oh man that's so fucking cool man fucking have like nine jets and shit it's like no bro this is this is is criminal shit i want a space tank what's it called space tank tesla tank uh, uh cyber truck cyber truck <laughs> cyber taint space i like space tank <laughs> i mean cyber truck like sounds lame too but i remember yeah. i was in someone's uber or lyft or whatever it was i don't mess with uber uh and it and he was this guy the driver was telling me all about how he's saving up for the cyber truck and i'm just like no pull Bro, over for pull what? over bro yeah pull over let's talk you don't need a cyber truck <laughs> nobody needs like, one nobody need, why are you saving up I mean, that's the other thing. Like, we buy into this crap. Right. It's like you're driving for Lyft right now. Like, that's fine. But, like, clearly, you're not in a cyber truck situation right now. Right. And the dissonance of having your belongings in something and them not being poorly rendered in a a 16-bit video game is, like, it's going (laughs) to look really weird in the the bed of that thing. Yeah. Yeah, the fragility of the people who have power is pretty shocking and just constantly on display these days with the the way the police have responded to uh requests that they cuz they know how they know how bad they know how bad they are. Right. You know what I mean? And they right. they're like 
the second everyone is on the same page realizing how bad this is, then I am in a, I'm in not in a good place. Right. So that's yeah. why, you know, the same thing with like the police. It only used to be a little number of activists and they could deal with that. It's like, yeah, well, that's just sure. like, you know, no one mainstream media hasn't caught up yet. So we're good. And like we can still laugh, laugh and smile and act like we're working hand in hand with the fucking community. Mm-hmm. But like when the public sentiment changes, look, now they're like, oh fuck, the lights are on. And they're seeing this shit for what it is. And now, like, it's just, like, the lamest defenses, like, self-victimizing, like, crying at a podium because of the work they do for the communities. Like, it's just bullshit. And I think it's it's the same thing with billionaires. They know it's like a pyramid scheme where they're just siphoning up all this revenue from people. And they're like, man, one day they might figure out that, like, I'm sitting in an office and they're breaking their backs out there. But I've got, like... A hundred thousand of them doing it at the same time, so I'm like laughing my ass off. Uh, mm-hmm. And when people begin to actually put that shit together, then they'd be like, "Oh, oh, 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 well, hold on now," because I started this out of a out of a garage back when you know your parents could give you a loan to buy a house to start a business out of. <laughs> okay, well, let's yeah. take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so let's move on to Parler, uh, the 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 coolest app out right now uh, for for people for conservatives who just want who are concerned about freedom of speech and censorship. Yeah, this is uh, this takes Signal and takes it to in the opposite the direction. opposite direction. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, right now, obviously, the conservatives' favorite sport is yelling obscene, racist nonsense and then claim censorship. Uh, on a privately owned website that is not the government, but okay, censorship. Uh, so that you know, social media tends to be like the last place where these like right wing ghouls and goblins can engage in their trolling and just overall pwning of the libs, and but they always find themselves on the wrong side of Twitter bans, you know. And then like that's why they was like, dude, we're being censored just because I'm. Not even dog whistling. I'm bullhorning anti-Semitism, like with these memes I'm posting. I'm just saying it out loud yeah. over and over. I'm like George Soros is a Jew who controls black people to kill whites. Okay, send. I'm. You're like, banned? sir, that is not a dog whistle. That is not a whistle of any sort. That is a very, very aggressive is... yard sign. Actually, you are. <laughs> So you know, song. They, they, all these cries of censorship has, you know, led people to be like, essentially, especially from, I think, the left even saying what rip like what conservatives say to people when like they have when they criticize, like if a progressive criticizes the country, it's like, well, if you hate it so much, why don't you go start your own country? Why don't you leave and start your own country? So uh, this is kind of a logical extension where the right is now. Why don't you go start your own Twitter then? Why don't you go off, do your own thing, and you can just be you guys. Just do your own and just not bother anybody. And they did. Hence, Parler. Um, and just reading their About page is fantastic. Just gives you an idea that this is such a safe space. It says, Parler is a non-biased, free speech-driven entity. Our goal is to offer the world a platform that protects users' rights, supports publishers, and builds online communities. Parler aims to empower users to control their uh, their social experience. Users can be responsible to engage content as they see fit. We are not regulators. We are not governors. We are a community. Parler accepts your right to express your thoughts, opinions, and ideals online. Okay? So remember that. They accept your right to see, unlike Twitter. Um, right. 
Yeah, it just sounds like a terrible place, to be honest. Just like Twitter. <sighs> there, I mean, yeah, it's like not that Twitter is a fun place to be, but <laughs> it's just there's. I mean, and there's been a number of apps like this that have cropped up in the past as well, and they all sort of tend <laughs> to be done away with kind of quickly. I remember there was one called like. Do you remember? This is like a couple years ago, but it was called like the Great American App. Sorry, I, no. my, I, I unplugged my headphone. What would you say? There's oh, there was something called the. I think it was. Let me double check, but it was. I think it was literally called the Great American App. That was like another uh, conservative. Uh, you know, just a place where people can be uh, racist towards each other all day long. I thought that uh, was Facebook. <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like they don't even really need their own because they're already doing like but th i think they they really it. wanted to though you know what i mean because yeah the thing is sort of look <laughs> wait, wait a minute but like wait they the great america to, app includes ride wait times for your favorite rides an interactive guide in oh no oh, that's part. six flags great america they have an app though <laughs> hey six flags six flags is riding the wave into the future um, okay, so it's, it's called it's called the uh, yeah Great America was the name of the app. I think it no longer exists. All that to say, there there have been attempts at this before, and it never works, and it's always really embarrassing. Right, and, and yeah. the the problem is right, and this is where we begin to see what the real relationship is of conservatism in this country to you know the I guess the rest of society. Um, so when they have their own private party, they go and they're like, oh, finally they go, and their whole thing is like. Well, A, there's just like, I think like 400,000 people on here. There's not that many people on here. And everyone is just singularly all MAGA-minded, which means there's no libs to fucking pwn or to troll to the point yeah. where, this is in this political article, they say, quote, the magification problem is so bad that CEO and founder John Matz has openly begged progressive pundits to join the platform, offering a progressive bounty, quote unquote, of $20,000 to any left-wing influencer with a following of 50,000 or more users on Twitter who make an account. He's begging, he's going to pay, as they see, libs to come on so they, so his like, to defeat the his purpose sad, the sad audience has someone to like argue with. That's where we're at. Will can I pay you to come over to play with my child? Is that okay? Because I know Mike. No one likes to play with my kid. I will pay you to come over, uh, and then maybe he'll just throw shit at you. Can I? Okay, I was trying to find it. I can't find it. But um, there was somebody who got on Parlor early. Two people, and they made like the real Candace Owens and the real Tommy Laren accounts before <laughs> Tommy yeah. and Candace got on there. And I was trying to find it, but it's so funny, dude. They're like progressive people who like just made <laughs> those accounts. They, and got they had like sixty thousand followers immediately. It's uh, but that is wonderful. So it's, I think it's all to say that like their experiment is backfiring. You know what I mean? Like they, even one of these people yeah. who's describing uh parlor in comparison to Twitter, uh, this guy, Will Chamberlain is just, uh, just trash. He says, the question is not pure engagement. The question is influence. Twitter is interesting because there's so many people, prominent people that can be influenced. Parlor is not that. So this idea that it's like, so you need to go to a larger platform to influence people but they aren't interested in your bullshit and therefore cannot be swayed. So your solution is to keep saying the thing that is only repulsing people. Like the loop is really flawed, uh, much like yeah. any kind of, you know, shitty ideology. But 
it's really like, in a way, I'm like, I can't believe some people have to begin connecting the dots on some level, right? Because, I mean, not that I, I count them to think be that critical, but the MAGA set has to know, like, they can't go beyond the cishet set in terms of people they can bring in. So, like, what what's going to give here? It's just, it's like, it's interesting because, like, I think for people on the left who are, like, influencers or activists or whatever, like, we are fighting for people, and it seems like these people just, like, very literally are just fighting against people. So if you, like, completely disengage and don't give them attention, which is what everybody's, like, saying to do with Gun Girl and Tommy Laren, it's like they're literally just making money being shit bags because they know that they can make money doing that. And Coulter, like, no. They can get like, a rise no, out of people. They can like, get a rise. They'll make money doing they'll it. They'll make yeah. money. And so it's, it's like, it's more evil than the people who, like, actually believe that shit because it's like, oh, you're literally just doing this for money. It's not even some idea that you're right. Yeah. Um, right. And, and so when you remove their source of income, then they, like, they have nothing. So it's like, oh, it's just very clearly painting a picture that you are only like adversarial and are not part of a community that's fighting for a greater good. Cause like, if you take what happened with like my Milo Yiannopoulos, like back in the day of like people just stopped engaging with him and he kind of had to disappear. Like, yeah, completely deplatformed, lost everything. And you should, because you can't, you shouldn't be able to profit off of hate like that. And I think to your point, you know, like right wing celebrity is just built on unsustainable ground to begin with because like you say like you gain notoriety by saying provocative shit that is on the fringes of acceptable discourse or you know public discourse to an audience that is only seeing like destruction yeah like they go there because it's like break some shit i want to see you fuck shit up there's no interest in growth absolutely Mm -hmm. zero interest in growth it's pure destruction which is just like the logical pivot for powerless people is the next best thing is if you can't build, then you can destroy uh, because yeah. then at least you can feel some power in the destruction of something. So when, when your celebrity is built on something so like, you know, chaotic, you're naturally just gets you ostracized from the mainstream yet. They, they need the whole thing is like their existence is purely built on just being in opposition to whatever they perceive as the mainstream so it's just like, yeah, like if your whole complaint about a site is that there aren't enough people to troll, then like on your own site, then you were never interested in freedom of speech to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how are you spending your time? <laughs> um, just explaining to people who agree with them why you shouldn't care about other people. Yeah, like, it's just it's boring. It's very, I, I, I did just want to. Because I'm looking at the basic rules of parlor are, are listed <laughs> yeah. in the doc, and I will just—I mean, just a quick. What are some highlights out. for you? <laughs> well, well, unlike the Mensa organization in parlor, you cannot threaten to kill anyone in the comments section. That's not in the TOS for Mensa. The terms. No, of that's why they kept threatening to kill me, and they, and no one would get kicked out. Kicked out. <laughs> Wait, that's, they kept so, threatening to kill you. There was like one oh, guy yeah. that would repeatedly just like yeah nonstop and and they wow you should have you, you should have been on parlor <laughs> come debate me on parlor you're safer on parlor yeah you're um, safer on parlor than so in that, Mensa <laughs> isn't that look at I mean Mensa is 
a supremacist I, organization, but yeah. that's another story. But the but the the rules for parlor are <laughs> your username cannot be obscene, like cum dumpster. I like, like that. Really had, example given. He had to write that. <laughs> like thanks. Like, what's the most obscene thing I could think of? Wait, he said cum dumpster in there. It's, it's yeah, just, like cum dumpster. Like cum dumpster. <laughs> Eg, can you? What about cumster? Yeah, I, yeah. What about what about what if your cum dumpster is your last name? What if you're Michael Cum Dumpster? You what know, are you supposed to do? Cumster, the Napster for cum. <laughs> no pornography. Doesn't matter who, what, where, when, or well, in Ted what Cruz realm. is out. Like, Ted sir. Cruz is out. Uh, he is not going to be on Parlor. Dude, what Who's realm? Conservative uncle wrote this. In what realm? Dude, you know why? Okay, because you. So okay, you know the other one. What was the other one that said feces? Uh, There's something they had to separate that. Yeah, it's a dumpster it and says, porn. Yes, this is another one. When you disagree with someone, posting pictures of your fecal matter in the comment section will not be tolerated. But can Are they I listing post the fecal out matter of someone everything? else? I like that they're like not yours. I'm like, okay, this is my this is my my friend. My post. Poo-poo. Yeah, yeah. This your is my own poop. Well, I th- this is the thing. Own. A lot of leftists and progressive trolls signed up in numbers also because, you know, right. the trolls be trolling no matter what side you're on. You need each other or else you just, well, what is life? And a lot of people were like, dude, they were, they were like immediately kicked out. And so they were like, they're like, yeah. okay, cool free speech thing here. You're like, just because we come in here to argue with the thing, which is what people wanted already. But I'm sure there are people doing like the pig ball poop image Listen, and like the, the is, they only take one one type of shit posting okay right. <laughs> again it's just like the i mean i know that the, the we've been just but like this time last summer we were doing this to the jeremy renner app and now we're doing it to fucking oh <laughs> the most evil conservative app of all. this is the same way that the jeremy renner app was uh was taken right. offline was with these with these exact tactics and that shit worked oh. If we Man. could take Renner down, we can take Parlor down. Everyone I just looked get at the description, and it was like launched in 2017. The Jeremy Renner app was meant to be a place to do fun things, and then it got taken down. Was meant to. The Jeremy Renner. I mean, we we talked about it basically all last summer. But like the Jeremy Renner app, you could buy stars, so you were giving Jeremy Renner money so that Jeremy Renner would see your comment, and then yeah. you could also give stars to other users. But the other you like you're still just giving Jeremy Renner he owns money the currency, on an yeah. infinity loop. Yeah, it's madness. It's um, but gen- anyways, it's a genius. Okay, he was Renner app's gone. Let's do it to Parlor. Done. I mean, <laughs> Parlor. It's just pretty chill, you know. Like they say, the biggest complaint is it feels like a MAGA rally, and that's from their own users. And they're like, yeah, I get it. So it's sweaty and like it's an old man and ranting. Some of you are. Getting Corona as we speak. Somehow through the phone. Mono, what is something that you think is overrated? Overrated. Oh, boy. Okay. I'll go here. Um, McDonald's. I think McDonald's is really overrated. (laughs) What what, what triggered this response? It's just bad. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I, okay. McFlurries are good. I think. I love a McFlurry. See? Okay. McFlurries are good, but I think I'm just shocked that they're able to do so well when their burgers taste like rubber and the fries are fine. But I mean, I don't I just don't get how it can be so successful. I really don't. You know what? It's the same thing like with the porn, right? Like Mm -hmm. it goes back to your childhood. A lot of the time McDonald's was literally just the fucking reward for shit. Right. Right. I mean, 
And then if you didn't really expand past that, like you might be caught in this feedback loop of feeling mother or father's <laughs> love because you did good yeah. at the t-ball game and you went to McDonald's and now you're 38 and you eating fucking, you know, your Big Mac and it's the same thing. And like, ooh, <laughs> but Maybe. I know what you mean, because like I as I got older, I, I couldn't really fuck with the burgers anymore. It's just like I like as a, you know, drunk at night, there's only the one place open. Fine. Like I'll hit a double cheeseburger. No problem. Uh-huh. But the as I got older, I was like, the breakfast was the only one thing I could not shake. The right. sausage egg McMuffin okay, was the one thing I can't. And good. I'm not saying that's like necessarily, I've had better sausage, I've had better muffin, I've had better cheese and better egg. But, it but is, I like I the think, little hash browns. See, yeah. I think the breakfast is good. I think the breakfast is good. I really do. Or like parts of it are so tasty. The hash brown's unbelievable. I'll They're even, so delicious. Did, yeah. What was everyone's McDonald's intake like being, you know, uh, not fully American American kids. Um, I didn't eat any um, any like fast food until I was like sixteen or something. Okay, mm. and then it was like a weird treat because I bought it with my own money when I was taking classes at the Santa Monica College over the summer. Oh shit! So okay. I was like, one famous star, please, from Carl's Jr. And I was like, oh yeah, here's yeah, yeah. my dollar. You know what I mean? But it's not that it was like good, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, you Um. See. Uh. Yeah. I. What did I? You know what? Growing up, my mom liked Taco Bell more, which is amazing. Which. Okay. Now Taco Bell's over. Fuck Taco Bell. Bye, girl. Um, but my I'm, mom well, liked. I, I was looking into that. Yeah, we talk to me I'm, because I'm, I've I'm, sworn off. Because I'm it. I'm a TB Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Taco Bell Buccaneer, and yeah. well, obviously with everything going on, there was there a lot like there were a lot of reports about these fast food businesses that were supporting Trump's reelection. Right. From the, so the head of Taco Bell made a statement saying that as a company or him that was never given money. To a candidate, uh, but there was a, there are franchise owners that mm. were, and they were connecting these owners of Taco Bell restaurants to the corporate entity and huh. saying that by association that meant Taco Bell was. But let's not forget though, they were also giving people shit like some of the workers from wearing Black Lives Matters masks and shit like that. So right, I, Taco but then Bell the definitely fired that from, guy. They but then did. Taco Bell, um, uh, so, I don't know what to do. I know, I know. This is the world we're in. So I want to try the grilled cheese burrito. <laughs> they made a grilled lie. cheese burrito. I'm not gonna lie. Look, I, this, <laughs> when everything was going down, I said I don't need another fucking second of Taco Bell. Then that motherfucking oh. grilled cheese burrito. I just saw what it was on Fuck. paper, and I said I'm high and I'm trash. But now, I'm yo, is also it Taco like, Bell that's betray- doing those mini tacos now too? That's uh, Jack, Jack in the, in the box. box. Jack that in the Jack box. In the box. <laughs> I know. I saw I'm some sad, sort of I commercial. That. I was like, "That sounds like it could be Taco Bell." Wait, so but... Mono is is so is Taco Bell like your McDonald's? Then, like, if you Taco Bell to, to regressing me. to childhood like food, it's Taco Bell. Yes, yes. Taco Bell is awesome. Uh, yeah, I think it's delicious. My mom would get the cheesy beans and rice and like eat it like a lady. You know, like she would get. She just like oh. my mom always. She would. With the spork I, and I put shit? this. Yeah, with the spork and shit. With the chip. My, with <laughs> it was a spork. It should have been a chip, man. But my mom, I my mom, just like uh, Eddie Murphy's mom, my mom would make me what she thought was a McDonald's burger, but it was we got that at not. home. Yeah, exactly. We got that at home because my yeah. mom would make, and I think Sophia, you can relate. My mom would make an overly 
spiced burger. She would make, she would put like oregano and lemon and like <laughs> onion in it. And I'm like, no, this is not a burger. Yeah. This is a keftede. This is like a little meatball. Um, yeah, so. right. Saying, that's how Greek is fuck to me. It's a it's a meatball, and that's and that's what's the, that saying in Greek? Uh, where you say like y'all even eat shit with oregano or shit, scatami oregani or something like that? Oh, scata, yeah, that literally means shit with oregano. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, what? Because I heard these Greek people talking about this, like, yo, because we put oregano on everything. And I yeah. Was like, oh, okay. They put oregano uh, on everything, but yeah, my mom couldn't make a a real American burger, so maybe the burger was just ruined for me at a young age. <laughs> but you know what? But now you're sitting on one of those like immigrant fusion waves where you come out with like the fucking Greek burger, you know what I mean, with the little yes. feta on top, and people are like, ah! Ooh. you know what I mean? Ooh, totally. a lamb a lamb burger with feta. Ooh. That's I mean, that's already four out food there. trucks right there. Okay, <laughs> right. exactly, all over the country. Is that saying skatamirigini is is meant to like what is that what do you what in what context do you say that It's like it's like you know it's um um what it's like lipstick on a pig right Oh okay. you know what I'm saying <laughs> You know when okay. they it's like you're yeah, like yeah. you're covering a problem with yeah right 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 with something that'll barely help Yeah in Japanese we call that baba no atsugesho which means an old woman's way too much makeup like, uh, like, honey, that's not gonna fix being honey, old. Honey, honey, you, you can't put all that makeup on. We know, we know. Uh, that is <laughs> there are so many funny, funny cultural uh, man. The, all those yeah, cultural sayings. sayings they make me laugh. So much. I think I, I think I told. We can, we can go back to Joe, but I, I think I, I told you guys this. There's, there's one in Greek that that literally means shit in your face, and made the closest water to wash it off with be in Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Yiddish saying shit. which is shit in the sea and die. <laughs> which is also pretty fun. Oh, that's fucking great. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.